Hi, and welcome to the Whole Lot Nothing Podcast. My name is Roland Prince, and across the table, like usual, is my boy Jamie Lee. And today, we have a whole lot of nothing that we're going to talk about until it turns into something. Yeah, my intro track is gone. But anyway, welcome to the podcast. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. We got nothing special planned for you. So, here we go. Just authentic conversation between two homies. So, I think I'll take the lead on this one, and kind of what I want to talk about. And let's start by talking about us. Because one of our most recent podcasts, I felt that some of the best conversation that we had was kind of talking about our future plans, goals, dreams, and kind of the current state the things of where we, know. we are. Yes, the things that we know. Now, what I want to know, and you, for those of you, if you, this is your first time listening to the podcast, Ro- Roland Prince, a.k.a. my boy RJ, is the master audio engineer, hip-hop artiste, producer, does a bit of everything in the music the music world, that's how we'll put it. Now, what I want to know, you as a creative, as a musician, as a producer, all these other things, yes. I want to know a few things. I want to know, one, if you could perform at any festival in the world, where would you perform? Okay. Are you, are you going to list off the questions I'm or gonna, answer I'm, them out? I'm going to try and okay. like mix them up. So okay, okay. Where, what would that festival be? Mm-hmm. If do you need a reason why or just like any festival? give as much detail about these? Okay, okay. If you could perform in any one city in the world, what would that city be and why? And let's do three. If you could perform at any venue in particular, oh okay, your dream venue, and you can okay. combine the dream venue or city if they happen to be the same place. Sorry, meeting Casey. But yeah, so let's do festival, city, and venue. Um, okay. Where and why? So festival, ah, oh, that's tough. That's tough because I I don't like going to music festivals as a fan. So like I hold that, up, you have you you've attended one, and that was one that you actually performed at. So I don't uh, wait, wait, hold on. Which, which the only the only festival I've ever attended is Blues Fest, and that's when I was performing. Yeah, so I I don't think I didn't you really say... even go. I I wasn't really the whole time. I wasn't really with the general populace. I wasn't in the big crowd, which is okay. I don't like going to, into huge crowds. Like I'm fine with it. It's just not something I'd prefer to. Like it's something I prefer not to do. But anyway, I, I don't really look into looking to uh, festivals based on like what they would be as a fan from a fan perspective. I look at them as a, like from a musical perspective. So which ones would be fun to work at? Uh, but if I could perform at any festival ever, <sighs> I'm, I'm gonna say Coachella. Just just because it's Coachella, bro. Like you you that's a huge thing you can put on your resume. Uh, like you performed at Coachella, and also. I, Every musician that I've looked up, or almost every single musician I've looked up to, ever looked up to, has performed at Coachella, and that's just one of those things where once you perform at Coachella, you're like that's something that's huge for an artist. Like any artist that can say I performed at Coachella is just like shit. All right, cool, you did shit, man. No, even if they're not headliners, just yeah, they're saying you performed at Coachella is a huge. Like not like yeah, it's a huge flex, and not not because I want to actually be able to pull that and flex on people. It's just that is something that would for me just reassure myself that. I am on the right path. I am doing the right thing. And it's like, I'm getting somewhere. There's, I'm seeing good, like actual progress. You know what I mean? So once I, once I get to law, like, not law, so once I get to uh, Coachella, that would be like a shit. I'm doing it. Kind of. Calling yourself out on Coachella. I like it. That's the plan. Uh, if I can get to Coachella within the next five years, no problem. I'm, 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 I'm happy. Now city. City. Oh, uh, wait. I thought city you- or let's do venue. Venue. Venue? Okay, okay. Hmm. I would love to do the uh, the CTC. Canadian Tire Center? Yeah, that, or whatever it ends up being called by the time that I get it. But being in my home city, that would just be something where it's like I come back 
to the city from wherever it is that I'm doing work or if I'm on tour or whatever. Because I do plan to at least have a base in Ottawa for as long as I possibly can. But I would love to be able to come to my city and do a show at the biggest venue in that city where some of the most important events for that city take place and be able to fill it with people from my city who want to see me. Like that would be that would be absolutely insane. I would I would love to love to do that. So yeah, Canadian Tire Center, hometown Ottawa. hometown show. Yep, from the hometown from the hometown mounds. Yeah, and last one. Okay, dream city for you to perform in, and why? Hmm. So like, just the city doesn't matter what venue, doesn't matter what festival. It's just any city I could. Yeah. Hmm. I want the first one that's coming to mind like right away is just Chicago. Really? I don't I don't know why, but Chicago I've seen like I've just. Kanye is from fucking Chicago. Chance is from Chicago. And those are two influences of mine that I'm maybe not on like what they support and what they do side, but on the I mean, musical you side. I support Chance. I, I, I do support Chance. You, yes. know who, you know who I was talking about. Yes, I know. I didn't have to I allude to that. I just wanted to clarify for anyone listening who may not be into the hip-hop <laughs> community as much. Okay. Um, but Chicago has seen rise to two, like, to two musicians that – not only on the production side, which is which is Kanye's domain, are they fantastic? The lyrical side as well, with Chance's Chance's music. I've never listened to a Chance song that I was like, eh, I don't like this. I've never, I've never, I've never, because Chance is just so versatile with everything that he does, and lyrically, his content is good. Flow wise, his content is good. Musically, the content is good. So, anyway. I love I love Chance, and then Chance is also just a cool ass dude. I'd love I'd love to meet Chance. Chance seems cool as hell. Oh, I feel like he'd be like the the best guy to see a basketball game with. Oh, that'd be yeah. He go he'd, to a Bulls game with yeah. with Chance with Chance the rapper. Yeah, like, I, I'd be down to go to. I I don't even watch basketball anymore, and I would love to go to watch a basketball game with Chance the rapper. Not even just because it's Chance the rapper, because you know. Basketball. I just feel like he's a <laughs> he's a great dude to kind of just be around, especially in that 100%. sort of environment. Yeah. And people go crazy when they see Chance. Just the same way at Raptors games, people lose their minds when they see Drake. Bro, did you see Drake at the courtside at the most recent game with the uh, with the Raptors unveiling their new their new heritage uniforms, the uh, the OVO shit? I didn't see it. Oh, okay, uh, yeah, he was just sitting courtside, just being Drake. And then yeah, people he's, were going pretty, he's at pretty much every game courtside. Well, bro, I feel like at this point Drake should just buy the Raptors. I I don't think he has the money. Probably not, but he like any money that he does invest into the Raptors, he'll make back in a year or two years. Yeah, but it's not like you can just go out and buy like a, a minority hold of a of, a, of a team. team. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But well, I feel like that is a move that Drake would definitely de- would definitely do. Like within the next, like I feel like Drake will buy the Raptors within the next ten. Gary V is gonna own the Jets, and Drake's gonna own the Raps. Wait, Gary V owns the Jets? No, that's his long term plan. He wants like, to buy the New York Jets. Is to buy the New York Jets. I yo honestly, if he can do it, he can pull that off. Fuck yeah, do no, it. No, but bro. his his plan, like he specifically says, like yeah, this isn't gonna happen for another twenty years or so, which which is cool. I like hearing that. You know, like the the, the long term. Yeah, he's play, he's in it for long, the long game. Like there's, yeah. there's, there's there's no short ball. It's long ball. But he said that he's been he's basically been calling himself out on it to every person he knows since he was like six years old. Mm-hmm. Just the same the same the thing. same thing. He's gonna own the Jets. I'm gonna buy the New York Jets. Honestly, that'd be really cool. I'd love to see him buy, but like, follow, like, finally get that whole childhood dream. <coughs> Sorry, water went down the wrong way. Uh, get that childhood dream as a, as a reality. Fuck yeah! Like, I, I want to see that happen. A hundred percent. And he's such like a, an interesting character too to to kind of do something like that. The man that teaches hustle and patience, and then, then you don't get to the New York Jets, a multi-billion-dollar 
sort of business without doing it that way. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But yeah, so let's uh, let's talk about the next question. If you could collaborate with any artist mm-hmm. that isn't involved in R and B or hip hop, who would that be? Someone kind of out of left field, because I know you have a, a long list of artists yep. like Frank Ocean, Childish Gambino, all these other fantastic and phenomenal artists, artists yeah, that yeah. you look up to. But I want to know someone who's kind of a bit of out of out of left field, because yeah. I almost know what you would say if it was someone within hip hop or someone within R&B, the okay. two musical genres that you tend to gravitate towards musically as an artist as mm-hmm. well as as a listener. So I want to know... It, it could it could be a, a rock artist. It could be uh, some acoustic jams. It could be uh, someone is. It could be a pop star. Okay. Let's uh, let's hear. And actually, you know what? I'll extend that. Three. We'll three. do three three artists. Three artists that are not hip hop or R and B that I would like to collaborate with. Yes, or okay. think would be at least interesting to collaborate with, given okay. your style of music or their personalities. So the ones that I have coming to mind right away are. This is a kind of obscure one, but. The Black Keys. Or the Black Keys? I love it. The Black Keys. I Okay. I want to do either Black Keys or Arctic Monkeys. I'm just trying to think which one I would like the most. But let's just say the Black Keys for now. Black Keys. They're the first one that came to mind. They're the ones that came out my mouth. So. But Black why? Keys. Because I, when I was younger, I loved alternative rock. And I just fucking like the, gravi- the I gravitated towards the Black Keys. I don't know why. I don't know what it was. I've just great. They're fantastic. They're they're amazing. El Camino is one of my favorite albums ever. It, honestly, that, that shit was on on repeat on my phone, and I, I liked the music that I heard. I liked the message behind the music that I heard. I liked the authenticity about the music as well. I just enjoy, I just enjoyed the music. That's it. And to do something as creative as those guys were doing, and just kind of take what we know and turn it on its head, it, which is they did that to an extent. But I would love to I would love to do that and take my what people think would come out of me and completely flip it and do it w- with someone who's completely out of left field, completely away from my, my ballpark really. So like, uh, yeah, black keys would be really cool to work with. Um, fuck who else? Uh, outside. <laughs> Cause I don't spend a lot of time thinking about this kind of stuff. Justin yeah, Bieber. I'd love to it. work with Justin Bieber. Oh, I think that would be cool. Yeah. Cause he's pop. So I can, I can say Justin Bieber. I mean, chance did it. Yeah, bro. Like I honestly, I would like, to work with Justin Bieber, do like kind of a pop shit, you know, like that'd be that'd be kind of cool. And just to work with with Bieber's voice and, and be able to take my the way that I do things, the way that I produce, the weird pockets that I rap in, and then uh, mix it up with with Justin Bieber and, and possibly like write something for him. Because I'm not I'm not sure if he writes all of his music. I, he definitely didn't write all of it. Definitely but. didn't write Despacito. <laughs> no, that's no, no. That's the one song he did, right? Actually, uh, he learned Spanish just for that song. Yeah. No. Anyway, um, but yeah, working with Justin Bieber would be kind of cool, and to get Justin Bieber on something that that I produced or something that that isn't necessarily what he would normally do, that would be that would be really kind of cool. I'd love to. I'd love to see the the complete versatility of that voice because I know he has a lot more to him than than what we hear. Um, and then for a third one, shit. Uh, see, I got I got you thinking on this. You know question. who? I, I, I'd love to work in, in like in EDM. Ooh, okay. Because I used to. People don't know this. I used to produce EDM. I I, I do remember a time when that happened. Yeah, that was like did back you in the day. Or did you just sort of spin tracks? Uh, I DJed. I DJed and produced. So like, I would listen to a lot of dubstep. I listened to a lot of uh, some like electronic dance hall stuff. But like, main. I was mainly more around like dubstep, bass, uh, like some of that more like techno house stuff, but. I mainly mainly surrounded myself with dubstep. DJ Kutharo. <laughs> that was my DJ name. I actually like I DJed a lot of like dark trap 
EDM stuff uh, when I was at uh, Extreme Trampoline Park. Shout out XTP. Yeah. One of the worst jobs I've ever had. It made me hate children. But that's the story for another podcast. Uh, anyway, but yeah, if I had to stay, if I had to stay inside the, uh, the EDM community, which I haven't checked into in a long time, so am I might, my answer is going to be dated. Uh, honestly, Dead Mouse would be so fucking Dead cool to Mouse, work with. Cool, and that's like that has nothing to do with the amount of like the the amount of success he has, and nothing to do with like how big he is. It's more to do with the fact that from Dead Mouse, yeah, there's a lot of repetitive repetitive stuff, or at least drum wise, or in ba- in bass wise. But when when it comes to melodies and like the way that that dude actually produces music, like have you seen his live streams from his studio when he's producing? Never. Oh my god, his studio! Like as an audio nerd, I I'm drooling at that studio. The amount of synths and like the amount of actual like plugins that he that he has got well not plugins you know actual like analog hardware things you physically have to plug in um, that he has on the on the wall like that is fucking insane. So yeah, I would I would love to work with Dead Mouse. Uh, his versatility as a, as a producer is absolutely like wild for what he does, and I feel like I could do some Vince Staples type EDM stuff where like I rap on. EDM, oh, that'd so. be cool. That'd be yeah. cool. Yeah. So uh, that's that's my three. That's my three. That's the Black Keys. Um, Justin Bieber and uh, Dead Mouse. Yeah, see what I like. What I found interesting about this: two of the artists that you mentioned are Canadian. So it's like a big fat Canadian sandwich. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Black Keys aren't Canadian, so Dead Mouse is Canadian, right? Yeah, he's from Toronto. Oh, I I actually didn't know that. Holy shit! You didn't know he was Canadian. I had no idea. I had no idea he was from. I didn't. I I had no idea. I knew he was Canadian. I had no idea he was from from Toronto. Everyone's from Toronto. Well, I thought he was going to be from somewhere cool, like like Saskatoon. (laughs) (laughs) I'm from Regina, Saskatchewan. (laughs) Actually, that's where Deadpool as a character is from. Really? Yeah, they they wrote him in as from Regina, Saskatchewan. I think they I think they specifically did it because they wanted two things. One, a place random somewhere in Canada because Ryan Reynolds, I think, just wanted to maintain his character as Canadian. Or, well, it's probably from the comics as well. Um, but Could two, be. as well as a, it's probably the only city in the world that rhymes with vagina. Oh, yeah, and they had to toss something like that in. Just, just for the sake of it being Deadpool. Uh, yeah, I, I, I guess. Okay, with, with that whole, like, now that we're on the topic of Deadpool, if you had to pick, like, what is your favorite Marvel superhero? And guaranteed, you will not guess mine. Oh, 100% for mine, Spider-Man. Not even close. Spider-Man? Okay. Spider-Man. okay. I love Spider-Man. Okay, I do like me some Petey Parker. Cool dude. Peter Parkleus. <laughs> Peter Parkoclei? Um, but no, Peter Parker's cool as hell. I fucking love Spider-Man. Hashtag Donald Glover for Spider-Man. I would love to see, okay, now that, you see, now that they have that whole interdimensional Spider-Man shit, how they now have a black Spider-Man, I, I want Donald Glover to voice that, that character in the, in the, in that, they have a cartoon about it now, but I'd love Donald Glover to voice that character. Didn't happen. They have the new Spider-Man game that came out. You know what I'd love to see a skin, like a new skin for, for Spider-Man? Oh, I thought you were going to say Spider-Man skin for Fortnite. Oh, no. I'd love to see a skin for the Spider-Man game that is Donald Glover, like a Donald Glover skin. That'd be fun. Which would be so sick, but no, they're not going to do that. Anyway, Spider-Man's your favorite. All right, take, I'll give you three guesses on what mine is, and I guarantee you, you won't get it. From the Marvel Universe. From the Marvel Universe, correct. Um, can I ask some questions that kind of give me a, not necessarily, like, yes. Hits. Yeah, yeah okay, okay, I'll give you, th- you get three questions. Is he or she in the Avengers? No. Fantastic Four. No. X Men. No. Fuck. Those are those are your three questions. 
Oh man. He, he's it. like he's a by himself dude, and there's, there's I guess there's another hint. It's a guy, which doesn't really narrow it down too much. No, I but don't. But it, it, it's like a game of guess who. You can flick down all the girls now. And is it like just comic books so far? Uh no, no. There's a full there's a full show on him. But I I, w- I was a fan of him before the, the show even came out. Like I was a fan Daredevil? of him. Were- yep, yeah, that's my that's my <laughs> favorite. That's my favorite. As if you got that, bro. That's that's actually pretty cool. Um, but yeah, Daredevil is my favorite superhero. I've loved Daredevil since I was young. Like that's like since I saw the the first Daredevil movie, I was just mesmerized by the fact this blind kid just fucked niggas up, and I was like, holy shit, that's that's cool as hell. Do you watch the show as well? Yeah, I've seen all of the show, all three all three seasons multiple times. What do you think of it? Because I only I think I only watched the first episode. I love it. It really gives a whole story to Matt Murdock. It gives a, a, a huge backstory to Daredevil himself, which they, which they don't cover all of it in the movie. They don't cover it as, as extensively as I liked, at least. Which, the movie was fantastic, but it did come out a while ago, and now they're, they have all the intricacies of the story played out really well, and they have it all perfectly laid out, better than what you could have seen in the comic books, because obviously you have music on top of it, you have sound effects on top of it, it's actually live action, you're seeing everything happening with, with real people, and just basically that show absolutely fantastic there's nothing i would change about it if i'm honest now i'm gonna segue this into another question somewhat related to what we're talking about with superheroes okay and i think this could be interesting because i think both of us is far outside of our expertise but i think we're both consumers of this which does make it interesting and i want to know why do you think historically in the past five to seven years dc movies have just not been even nearly as close as good as Marvel films, despite them having equal budgets, despite them having pre-existing characters that people already love and have that nostalgia factor. Why do you think they're just like terrible beyond like what do you think is the root cause? Is it just poor storytelling? It's is it- Marvel Marvel has their Marvel universe and it really pushes on their audiences in every single one of their movies, the Marvel universe and how things within the Marvel universe are separate from our universe, which yes, I know you, most people in DC, uh, DC they, they know, but with Marvel, it's really emphasized that all of our characters fit into the same universe with each other. And at any time in any Marvel movie, as long as things are happening at the same time, you can see crossover. Like you can figure out which movies came out before which other movies based on the, the the background information that you see in the first movie that comes up as actual part of the storyline in the second movie. Like just uh, Marvel and Marvel releases things as like their entire, every movie that they put out, whether it be on whatever superhero helps tell the Marvel story. And they've just, they, instead of branding themselves as just a, 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 a comic book company, what they've done is marketed themselves as, here is or here is our universe that we created, and here is the little bits and pieces that tell you about our universe that's already there because the comic books are already written, the story is already there. Stan Lee already did his shit. R.I.P. Stan Lee, but, but it's our, the whole universe is already set up there. It's already good to go. But with the Marvel, like their entire, it's like everything's a story with Marvel. Everything ties together. Everything helps tell helps fill you in on the Marvel Universe. Now, with DC, yes, every movie is a little look into the DC Universe, but what the thing is that they're not telling a story. Like, they're not telling the whole story. Like, they haven't branded themselves as each movie is telling a story about our universe. Like, it's just Marvel's branded themselves way better. It's all just, it all comes down to branding. Because, yes, they're going to have the same equal amounts of budgets, but hardcore fans are obviously going to still pay attention. But for the general populace... Marvel has just done the thing that you need to do. It's they've 
they've, uh, for lack of a better example, uh, I'll steal this one from Community. This is Jeff Winger. This is the pilot of Community. See this pencil? I could, t- I could take this pencil, tell you his name is Steve, snap the pencil, and a part of you dies. That's giving a narrative to that pencil. That's giving it life. Mm. And with DC, they're just giving you a pencil. And they're just like, yo, it's a fucking dope pencil, right? Just as good as that other pencil named Steve that, that they have. This pencil, it's cool as hell. But what happens when you break that pencil? Or like, they, so they stop coming out with movies. No one really cares. It's just, it's a broken pencil. It's, it's still, like, sure, you might have half the pencil that still writes, but no one, like, no one really cares. Now, so, the, like, I don't know. Just Marvel's branded themselves way better. That's all so I can say. So basically what you're saying is that, in your opinion, Marvel has reverse engineered the storytelling concept a lot better. And by that I mean, they, instead of starting with the plot and the characters and all these different things, they started with Marvel as a brand, as a community, as an entire universe of potential stories. Mm-hmm. Now, how do we as Marvel make an Iron Man film, a Spider-Man film, an Avengers film, a Thor film, and all these other films still connect within this universe, but still make it a linear storyline without it being too obvious? Whereas DC, you're saying, focuses more on having cool superpowers, cool effects, and telling an interesting Superman story, an interesting Aquaman, but not necessarily connecting it all together and looping it all around. They might be doing that. It's just Marvel's better at telling you that they're doing that. DC likes to think, DC is for those people who are like, oh, I'm smarter than you. I figured it out. I put them all together. Ha ha ha. And that's not a ha ha moment, by the way. (laughs) That's not. Um, But... Marvel is just very in your face with this is what happened in the last movie that or like you'll be in an Iron Man movie and be like this is what happened in the Captain America movie that makes this thing or that makes this thing in this movie make important, sense yeah or or important and it's very obvious it's very right in your face but with that and that authenticity and that just being very straightforward with your audience you get excuse me with being super straightforward about that with your audience you get a better understanding and and basically you don't make it so only smart people can figure it out you get everyone involved and everyone feels smart and someone feels smart watching your doing your stuff or or sorry doing your stuff looking at your movie watching your movie and and, and seeing your whole franchise you make your audience feel smart for figuring it out but you just spoon fed it to them they don't need spoon fed it to them They'll they'll follow you for longer, and if you get the, the all those people who don't look at those intricacies to start looking at intricacies, you start improving how people view films because they'll go view other films looking for continuity with other mm-hmm. films. Anyway, it's just they've literally just taken the whole storytelling aspect and applied it to their actual like business model, and just their branding helps emphasize Marvel is a story. Yeah, they started from the outside and worked inwards to, yeah. to fill in the gaps whereas i feel like exactly. dc didn't which is a quite, smart way to do it yeah and i think that's for anything um my opinion and i completely agree with this but one thing that i'll add that i think marvel does so much better and it's not just because marvel spent more time on pre-avengers developing characters through their own individual films and then connecting them into Avengers so that everybody was hyped. It's like everybody loved the Iron Man films and then Thor and then Captain America and then they all came in together to make one, which was Avengers in 2012. I think they did at first a better way of bringing all these characters in first before they all had them collaborate. 
And two, I just think Marvel in particular develops their characters a lot more interestingly than DC does. For example, Iron Man is so much more interesting in the Marvel Universe than, in my opinion, Batman is in the current DC Justice League era. Not necessarily the Christian Bale films with the Dark Knight, because, in my opinion, those are... Honestly, I think the Dark Knight still might be the best superhero film yet um, out of all of them, and that was kind of before this big wave. Um, but that also is separate. That's a Christopher Nolan film. It's separate from the sort of Marvel and DC sort of status that we have today. But I just find Iron Man, Robert Downey Jr. plays a phenomenal character there. Oh, they he's, could not have cast a better actor for He's that. funny. He's clever. He's witty. They have all these different layers on top of them. Um, Captain America, Chris Evans, is just he plays it phenomenally well. And they make it interesting by them telling jokes and having unique quirks and then bringing out their individual characteristics through their characters better. Even Hulk and Bruce Banner, um, half the time it, it, that little battle between the Hulk and being Bruce uh, that we saw in Age of, not Age of Ultron, in, uh, was, what was the new one? The new one? Yeah, jeez, Infinity um, War. Infinity yeah, there we go, War. Infinity War. Um, and I'm so, always angry. <laughs> And so, yeah, I just find that the characters, they developed them in a lot more interesting way and also made you connect with them more. They made them more human. Yeah. They made them seem relatable, but also people that you'd want to have in your life. Whereas Superman from Man of Steel, I found was just boring. Dude had like no characteristics. He kind of was just blank faced the whole time and it was hard to connect to somebody. They took him as an alien and literally alienated him in the film mm-hmm. and made it made him feel like an alienated character that people can't relate to. And it's when you can relate to these characters that people really start to become invested in them. And then when they came out with Justice League, I feel like they just threw in too many characters and tried to make them too too comparable to their Marvel counterparts. So, for example, the Flash in Justice League was very much supposed to be the um, DC version of Spider-Man in terms mm-hmm. of the the funny character, the comedic light that is brought to the film, mm-hmm. as well as the unique power that nobody else has. And I just felt it forced. I felt it was too telegraphed, and I didn't enjoy it as much. And it sucks because... These superheroes, there's no reason for DC to have such a small market share compared to Marvel. There's no reason. They have the same... So they, they were always neck-and-neck neck competitors. You know, it was Until like... Until Marvel started doing what they're doing now earlier yeah. on. And they just... They turn their entire company into a story. And as soon as you give well, the Well, it always has been a story. It's just... Well, a, yeah. They, uh, they made it, it obvious. It, yeah, well, it was obvious in comics. I think it's just more but so... But no one reads comics like that. Not, any, not as much anymore. Um, they just transferred the media that they were telling... Uh, the medium, sorry, that they were telling the story in a lot more efficiently. Mm-hmm. So they took the stories that they already have in the comics, tweaked them a bit for the film and f- uh, for the big screen, and then turned them into something really compelling. And they did that right from the start. When Iron Man came out, came out in 2008 and they announced Robert Downey Jr., that was a phenomenal move because he came out. I think he was. That was the beginning of his start from coming back from rehab and all these other things. 
And then he comes out and delivers an incredible performance so that people loved that. And then Marvel then came out with Captain America and then Thor uh, and so many other films. And they all have been so good. And as they've progressed, they realize that it's also important to include humor into their films, which we first saw, I think, a lot in the first Avengers. And we saw it a ton in Thor Ragnarok. And it's the diversity that I think they can go with the balance between humor, compelling characters, and active storytelling that has been so much better than DC in any capacity. Yeah. Like, there's nothing I can disagree to on that. Oh, shit. You always hit the mic. I know. I know. I thought I transferred it, like, my bad luck to you, and then like, from the last cast, and then now you're just... No. <sighs> well, dip doppity do. Here we are, and what do we do? But yeah, so what's, uh, what's a movie you've watched recently, or film because i know you're watching a lot of anime and yeah why do you feel like why do you because i have absolutely no interest in anime so i'm kind of just from my own perspective i'm curious as to what you find is not why you are interested in anime but what you find is unique and interesting about anime relative to other forms of television japanese culture like just they they're japanese it's japanese tv and it's just been adapted for people to listen to in english and a lot of it, like there's a lot of things that you see in Japanese TV that are a lot, like just part of Japanese life, just regular society. And it just helps you get to know a little bit. And like, obviously you're not going to learn all of Japanese culture through anime, but it's just cool seeing things done so differently in the terms of like just how every school, no matter what school you have uniforms and you're always in a uniform at school and that's just it. And that's something that's universal across like at least 90% of animes because like a lot of well, school-based animes that have someone in, a, in school, even if it's a special school for like the gifted of something, like with superpowers or something, they still have a uniform. Like it's just something, at least in a lot of them. It's a cultural look. It's a cultural it. thing. And, and like also like same with just the food. Like they're eating Asian food. Like cooking takes place. It's different. Like the food they're making isn't like when you're watching like an American cartoon and they're making like hamburgers or hot dogs for dinner, or they're making like spaghetti or something like that. Like they'll be making, like they'll be frying rice or they'll be like eating out of a a bento box or like they're eating with chopsticks. They're eating like actual Asian food. Just seeing the the culture just in casual little bits like that is cool. And I like seeing their little differences like that. What about the storylines? Because I feel like a lot of anime has similar themes Okay. From uh, show to show, and because I'm, yeah. I don't watch. What I'm kind of interested in is hearing what you have to say, in terms of what are similar themes that come across in most animes that you do watch. Um, anime niggas love titties. <laughs> that, I'm gonna be straight up. If you if you never watched <laughs> anime before, there is a lot of sexual overtones to it, but that's not. It's nothing to do with the actual show. It's just the fact that in Japanese culture, it's 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 you're you're more conservative with what you wear, and you're more like I don't know. Just women aren't necessarily as open and free, but provo- I guess, or just not really as open with showing skin as men as uh, sorry as in America. And that's just that's just it. So one of the one of the things that's kind of like it's another I, I guess that's just another cultural thing. But uh, so like characters, whenever they see a woman with like almost all the women will be animated with big boobs and that's and big boobs is a term like it shows like your class like your status basically you're higher or you're more you're deemed more 
like val like more of value is than a flat chested girl. It, it's a very sexist. Like the, what? It's very sexist. That's just rude. Yes, it's it, it, it. I'm not saying it's okay. I'm just saying that's just part of the show. That's just part there of. Should be an anime called the Small Titty Committee. There, but the thing is, some characters like Maka is a is uh is the main character, one of the main characters in Soul Eater. She and if you've never watched Soul Eater, it's on Netflix. Give it a try. It's a little obscure, so. Not a, not a starter anime, but like maybe like man, watch it as your second or third anime. But anyway, she she like Soul, which is her, which is like, like well Soul Eater, the guy the guy who's in the show is named after. He eats souls. He eats souls like so, a dementor. So basically, okay, the the, the she, so he is a weapon. He can turn into a scythe, and Maka is his meister or like the person who wields the scythe, and together they connect their soul energy and can fight more like better as weapon and meister. Uh, and they have to basically collect souls of people who are like like people who have killed humans or are eating human souls. They collect a soul of, like those souls, and eat, he eats those souls, saves them up. Once you collect ninety nine souls, and then a witch soul, then you become a death scythe, and you can work for Lord Death. But anyway, very very. It's like a pyramid scheme of <laughs> souls. Yeah, pretty much. You just get souls for more souls, and then you become something that you gets sell more so souls. many souls you get to the next tier exactly anyway <laughs> and eventually you get to level six souls it, it, pretty much but anyway in the first episode he's just like soul says to maka just i guess to for, for a writing perspective to get rid of any sort of like thoughts of possible romance between them but one thing that he he basically says about maka and not wanting to date Maka is the fact that she's flat chested. And that was a, that was a big, big thing. And that's a common thing you'll see across animes. Girls who are flat chested are not necessarily wanted. And I'm not sure if that's a Japanese culture thing, but like, it's not, it's not okay. If, if they took that out of anime, I'd be totally fine with that. But like, anyway, that's one thing about it. What was the question? <laughs> it was basically themes that you see in anime stories, whether that's, um, there's always like one central hero to them, um, or other things, um, but themes that kind of tell um, characteristics of people and so human behavior. In anime, in every anime, there's always one. So I'll use Naruto as an example because it's a very well-known anime. So it, even if people haven't watched a lot of anime, watched a lot of anime, Naruto is a good starter one. Anyway, in Naruto, there's always this one character just like Sakura. Sakura is in Naruto. She's useless. Like she is just absolutely fuck. There's always a Sakura type character in almost every anime. It's usually the, the the prettier girl who who gets everyone's attention and and blah blah blah. But she's a main part of the story and she's absolutely useless for anything. But then there's usually uh, there's usually some guy who is uh, against the the protagonist. Um, he, he's the anti or one of the many antagonists that will come up in anime. Cause in anime, there's not just one antagonist as like in a lot of American shows where like, if you watch like fairly odd parents, it's a stupid example, but if you watch fairly odd parents, Vicky is an, a, a constant antagonist throughout the entire show. Yeah. Or Phineas and Ferb, Dr. Doofenshmirtz throughout the entire show. Yeah. And in anime, it's you go through different antagonists. Like there's multiple, and you'll get to one. You surpass that antagonist who's at a certain power level, or there's a reason that they were better than you, and you learn a lesson by passing that person. And then you move on to the next antagonist, who's even worse than the last one, and you have to learn how to get through that. Get better yourself to get to get past that one. 
What I find interesting is that's just like Nintendo, another Japanese company who mm-hmm. their Mario games are just like that. Exactly like you that. You go through bosses that get progressively harder and harder and harder for different levels. Yep. So almost like the shows kind of follow that same format. Yeah, that could that honestly that could have been a a, a theme that they were trying to put into their storyline. That could have just been something that they wanted to to add in there because that's just what they know. And it's in a lot of anime in almost every single anime that's that's just something that is a part of it. Um, but another theme in animes that I like is the fact that it, it, like, there's just power beyond human capability. And there's stuff that it happens in anime, like powers, like like Dragon Ball Z, it, just through Dragon Ball Z, like the amount of power that these mans were able to, to come up with, I don't think you'd be able to make like a lot, like, like you, the stuff that they're doing in that, in that show, it's like you couldn't, you couldn't, It'd be you, your show would have to have a crazy crazy budget for it not to be animated, and like the fact that it's done with animation makes it look twenty times cooler. And I don't know, just anime power is something that's like there's an endless amount of it. No matter what it is, there's no cap. But is there like a theme around it where it shows almost like having infinite power does not mean infinite possibility, or yes. having it, so like it, those it always comes at a great cost. Yes. Whenever there's someone with great power, it comes at either like your body will break down, or in uh, I actually just re- recently just rewatched Bleach, and there's this uh, there's this one character in in Bleach. For those of you who don't know Bleach, Bleach is I'm not really gonna go through everything, but this dude basically he's a soul reaper. He has to collect souls and help them pass on to the next life. So they is this don't different ter- than the one you were just telling me about? It's different than Soul Eater. So there's a Very lot of different. souls. A lot of anime. them have to do with with souls and making things right with souls and like the dead. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure if that's uh, that's a part of Japanese culture where like you you help pass the soul on. Uh, unfortunately, I haven't done much studying of Japanese culture. I'd love to go to Japan. I'd love to do some studying of it. But anyway, so maybe Tokyo is your number one city you want to maybe in and not maybe Chicago. maybe not Chicago. Maybe maybe Tokyo. Maybe Kyoto. I don't I don't know. We'll we'll figure that out. But um, but what was I talking about? Sorry, I lost my train of thought completely. Um, basically, you're talking about souls. Oh um, oh bleach. Yeah, bleach. Yeah. Anyway, this is one character where at one point in the show he had to to do a certain move to do a, use his power to a certain extent where it would break down his body if he did it, but he would defeat his opponent who wasn't who was one of those like multiple antagonists. He was one of the bad guys, so he had to defeat him. And basically, there's a lot there's there's a lot in in Japanese TV. There's a lot of like putting forward of like your morals, your honor should always be upheld and. Like, like uh, another, another another example in Bleach, there is at one point this this guy who goes off to go and fight uh, a monster that is that has killed his wife, and he's going off to fight it, and he's losing the fight, and someone else on the side is like, should I go in and help him? And they were asking the commander for permission to go in and help. The commander said no. Like, imagine if you went in, helped him, and fought his battle for him, how would he ever get his honor back? Mm. Which, in in a lot of American TV, like it's it's just can, can I go in and help him? Hell yeah! Let's all go in and help him. Let's get him. Let's let's help him. But in in animes, you'll you'll see honor is something something like the the warrior must must face this by himself to uphold his honor, so he feels right about how it how it all went down, how it all transpired. And that's just uh, so honor is a definitely a big a big theme within within anime as well. Now, I'll put you on the spot here. I want We're you always to, on the spot. How, how many animes would you say that you've watched? Oh like, fully? God. Fully? Fully. Like, like, oh, like or at least like enough to understand uh, most of it. To understand most of it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Like 
25. Okay, perfect. So, but top. like, but I, obviously, I don't remember the intricacies of all of them. Like, okay, well, I'm gonna call you I'm out. Watch like one at a time. Call you out. Rank your top five. Oh fuck. Uh, top five. Okay, so coming in. Uh, top five. Top five. By the way, top five follows me on Instagram. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Okay, well, he's he works with Drake. Oh, sick. Yeah, he DM'd me and he was like, "I like your shit, bro. It's fire." And I'm like, "Thanks." Dope. And yeah, that's the extent of our conversation. Anyway, uh, so my top five animes of all time that I have seen. Oh, God. Uh, number f- five, uh, Kuroma Kuro. That's, a, that's an anime about this dude who was like frozen from ancient times. And uh, he was like the controller of this giant like mech suit that was given to him by the aliens and he like gets thawed out of ice I and then like comes back. I love how intricate and complex these storylines are. Bro, I could it's, never it's think so of extra. Like this. It's so extra. Like it's just it just it's it's not needed how intricate each story is. But anyway, Kuro Makuro, that's uh, that one's insane. Uh, number num- four. Number four. Uh, bleach. Ble- yeah, I'll put I'll put number four. Bleach. 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 I love bleach. Um, not, not, not the, not the beverage, uh, <laughs> just the beverage. <laughs> it's like that. Do you remember that scene from Zach and Cody and Zach is like, look at this black. <laughs> do, do you remember that? And, and then no. Cody's like, no, Zach oh, that's bleach. bleach. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, I remember that. I remember that. I remember like, that. It's black. <laughs> oh, I love the sweet life of Zach and Cody. If that was a, they need to if make that, that an anime. anime. If that was an anime, that'd be dope as hell. Um, okay. But then, uh, I guess at number three, I'll put Naruto. Okay, Obviously, so Naruto in, has to be on the list. It's one of my top five. It we're just, into the top three. Uh, top no, top three. No, it is number three. That is number. Yeah, three. that. Okay, we're, we're officially the, we're now into the top. Okay, okay, okay. Sorry. Number two. This is tough. Honestly, this is tough. Because I'm trying to reserve the top spot for Sokugeki no Soma, which is which translates loosely to Food Wars. Um, <laughs> And Sounds like a cafeteria food fight. No, what it, what it is is this kid named uh, named Soma Yukihira. Uh, he just comes from this uh, this diner where his uh, where his dad cooks and like it's just normal food. He goes off to this the, the Tatsuki Academy, which is like the top chef academy in J- all of Japan. And like every day, you have to do tests, and if you fail that test, you're immediately expelled. No questions. Does he collect souls too? No, he doesn't. <laughs> but he does. Make some amazing food. One one thing about Sokugeki no Soma is 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 that that anime there's no powers in it that you can't actually have. Like it's all about cooking. It's a cooking anime. So it's like Ratatouille. It's it's like if you actually wanted, you could actually go and do that. You could you could like like me and Andy. Andy's my manager. We were watching it and we were like, hold on. And Andy is like, yo, we're gonna make this. So he makes this one dish that saves his restaurant from being like from him being evicted basically and like his whole like lot being bought up to put in condos he saves the restaurant by making this like faux roast and he so all he had was like potatoes bacon red wine and then like onions and shit so he cuts up some onions and shit and butter and shit puts in the mashed potatoes forms it into like this circle wraps that circle in bacon and then puts that in the oven to cook there's obviously like spices and shit and i just don't feel like going into everything and then he makes this red wine and soya sauce mixed sauce in a pan, pours that on top, and then serves it. And Andy and I were like, okay, this is probably going to be like decently good. It's potatoes, red wine, soya sauce, bacon, a couple like chives, butter. Like, all right. 
We ate this, and there was mushrooms in the potatoes too. Oh my god, that shit was amazing, and it was an, a recipe from an anime. So that should, so that belongs to the food that, network. That, that, That's on, Guy like, bro, Fieri's next thing. Oh, Guy Fieri anime? <laughs> Would you watch a Guy Fieri anime? Diners, drive-ins, and anime. Oh my god. Anyway, but number okay. I guess my I'll put Shoku Geki no Soma as my number two, and my number one slot would probably go to Death Note. So you wouldn't put uh, Last Airbender in your top Avatar? Line. Ah, ah, fuck! I didn't even think about that one. I have to reevaluate everything. Uh, I guess we'll just do a bump out and do. Um, we'll do. Uh, I guess we'll put Avatar in at number three, Naruto at number four, uh, and then number five would be what did I put it at number four originally? I don't. I don't. Remember I, I don't. These uh, names. Kuruma, no, it's not Kuromakuro. Anyway, fuck it. Uh, you, you, go back to the podcast and figure it out if you really care. But my number one slot would have to be reserved for Death Note. Fantastic anime. Do not watch the live action movie remake. It's it's absolute shit. Watch the show if you can. It's all on Netflix. Uh, Death Note. The anime, you can watch it subbed, not or you can watch it dubbed, sorry, not subbed, uh, and actually like hear it in English. So yeah, amazing show. Have you ever read anime books too? Manga? Oh yeah, that's what they're called. Yeah, manga. No, I've I've never actually read too much manga just because manga takes up a lot of space. Like you have to read a lot of manga. But like other like other than going over to friends' houses and reading their collections while like I was one of one of my uh, buddies growing up, yeah, Noah, he his brother always had a bunch of manga, so he had a bunch of manga as well. And I used to watch I watch. I used to read a, a couple of them like when I went, when I would sleep over there, couldn't fall asleep. I just grab a manga to start reading. But they were all Naruto mangas. You wouldn't put Pokemon or no. Yu-Gi-Oh in your top 5? No. 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 Why? Um, just too mainstream. Uh, not really. Too Americanized. Just, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Just I've seen so much of it. It's just like uh, it doesn't really like. It's not special to me anymore. Mm. Mm. Did That's you really. play like Yu-Gi-Oh cards growing up? Yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon cards. I never played Pokemon games though. Well, I mean, we played a lot of Pokemon Go. Oh, besides Pokemon Go, but I don't really count that as a Pokemon game. That's an app. Like an actual game. Like I, I it comes out on console. Or uh, one of the portables. Yeah, it's a, that's a console, like a handheld console. I guess a portable console, yeah. Yeah, like that's, that's all it is. It's a game console that you can carry around. But yeah, man, we played so much Pokemon Go. Oh, like we actually, like it was absurd how much we played. There's still people that go to that gym by my house. Yeah, so when and we like were playing there. Pokemon Go about two years ago, I used to get so fired up every time I'd visit RJ because your house has access directly from your room to a Pokestop. And I thought that was so absurd because I'd never been so like... Like, I live in the country, so there's no Pokestops where Nothing. I live. Nothing. You, you there's just, no Pokemon. There was a Gyarados near your house, though. Yeah, there was a Gyarados, but we couldn't find it. It was probably near the water. No, I don't think that's how the game actually worked, though. No, no, when you went to closer to bodies of water, there were more water Pokemon that spawned. Yeah, but I, I think that was for more populated bodies of water. Oh, yeah, So in usually. Toronto would be the lake. Yeah. Uh, if you're... In any ocean city, it would be by by of the course. beach. By the, by the shore, yeah. Whereas like, if you're in the middle of kind of nowhere, Carp, and there's a river, I don't think that's how it would have worked. Uh, I don't know, maybe. But anyway. I could be wrong. We, we would never know. I don't I play think, that game at all. Anymore. I think the best thing I ever did in Pokemon Go was, it was about two years ago, I was in Madrid, and my family and I, we were on this double-decker tour bus, and the bus actually happened to have Wi-Fi on it, so I connected to the Wi-Fi, and as we were going through the entire city of Madrid, I just had Pokemon Go open. So I hit up every single Pokestop in the entire city. I got like 300 or so 
over Jesus. the course of the day. Like, so many. And then I just kept getting, like, all these Pokemons. I got all these, like, Growliths, um, which were really rare in Ottawa. I didn't see any, and I got, like, six within two days there, which was really Damn. cool. I got a Growlithe on Cristiano Ronaldo's locker. I went and... Um, that's... Th- all right. Maybe yeah. they put that there on purpose. Yeah. No, I uh, I went to the... Uh, Stadium there. Um, the stadium? Yeah. It was uh, Santiago Bernabeu. Hey. So I went there, and we did a full tour, went through the locker room, and I was like, oh, my God, there's a Growlithe in here, and I caught it right on Cristiano Ronaldo's locker. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. That's honestly pretty so, cool. Yeah, Pokemon Go. I miss, I miss, I miss I that. I miss those times. When Pokemon Go was a thing, like people were so happy. Remember when, when the cops... Came up to us because we were like having this poker battle at the arena. Yeah, and they're like, "Oh my case. They're we're- like, "What are you guys doing?" And we're like, "Playing Pokemon." And he's like, "Oh, <laughs> like bro, we're two grown ass men <laughs> sitting there. Like, there's a there was a sign that was like it was for like the 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 arena that was in front of. We're sitting on like the part of the sign." Right near this poker stop, playing on our phones, and then this truck, uh, this fucking truck pulls up. No, it was a cop. Yeah, I know. It, 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 it was like it was like an SUV. Regular- was it no? I'm pretty sure it was a regular. Oh, cop whatever. Car. It doesn't matter. But he, dude gets out, comes, walks up to us, and he's no, like, "He put his lights on too." Yeah. I was like, "What?" Like he what? was called. Was he like, was called. Yeah, I was like, "What do we do?" Like, yeah, but they they call the cops on us sitting outside of the arena on our phone. Yeah, we weren't doing. We we, we were literally playing. We weren't trespassing. We were on public, public property. property. Like we weren't trespassing. We weren't doing anything illegal. There were or other dangerous. people in the parking lot. Yeah, we were literally. All we were doing, and and granted, this wasn't even super late. This is like what eleven o'clock, ten yeah, o'clock at night. We weren't doing anything wrong. We weren't even loud because we were too busy battling the gym that was there. Yeah, we were literally just on our phone. We we met, we carped the gym. By yeah, the way. We, carped we, we carped the gym. the gym. We took it and then carped it. Yeah, but, if you um, don't know what carping a gym is, Google. is you win the gym and then you put a magic carp as the main thing sort to of battle boss to to for other people to battle. It's pretty just, funny. Just a taunt on everybody else, honestly. Um, but yeah. Um, we just got, I got, got racially profiled. I'm not okay with this. Yeah, no, <laughs> Honestly, it could, it could like, have been, because he was called to come there. He yeah. told us someone called saying that the people were out here. That's ridiculous. Like, so someone felt so uncomfortable that we were sitting across the street on our phones that yeah. and, they called the, the police. And the guy was like, oh, what are you two doing? It's like, we're on the phone playing Pokemon. And I was so excited. I was like, bro, we're playing Pokemon right now. And he was like, that's it? I was like, yeah, like, like what else would we what be doing? Else? And he was like, "Oh, well, we got a call about some some suspicious, suspicious activity." Behavior. And we're like, "I don't know what's so suspicious about us playing Pokemon here. There's clearly a stop." Yeah, like, like if you just had the app open, you'd realize, duh. But it definitely was someone who who called that does not even have apps on their phone. They're they're, they're definitely one of those rotary dial phones still in there on their counter that looking out the window. <laughs> Probably the same person. out there. You know some people. You know the. Uh, um, <laughs> can I speak to the manager? Haircut. Yep. Yep. Yeah, probably Bro, one of those. On, I never thought that that was an actual like stereotype until I started working with humans. Like in customer service. Cus- exactly. When I that's a way <laughs> working with humans. Oh, um, <laughs> but okay. When I when I started working at Extreme Trampoline Park, th- that was the most true like thing that reigned supreme the can i talk to your manager haircut and without fail without fail i could spot and be like she's gonna want to talk to the manager her son looks like a shit and she has the haircut and the sunglasses to prove it and like 
she walks in within 20 minutes they would be talking to the manager and it's the funniest shit. Well, it's, it's you get these entitled parents that create entitled children. Yep. Like it's it's absurd. Now here, actually, here's an interesting question because I I think for you especially, like your mom's an incredible woman, a single mother uh, for two sons, and you know she's raised a very ambitious, hardworking person, someone that's entrepreneurial as well as uh, has big goals and dreams, and you're actively going to try to achieve those. I love my mom. Yeah, and she's she's also been like she was a she was a great teacher for me. Has my sister right now, and what I want to know, um, because w- what I just mentioned about how entitled parents create entitled children. Yeah, I want to know what do you think are the best is the best quality or or the best qualities that your mom gave to you, especially uh-huh. as a single mother. My uh, independence is one thing that my mom gave me that I really appreciated for. Cause, How so? Well, what she like just basically, if I wanted something and I needed something, yeah, she would be there to get it for me. But it would like I would have to work for it. Like there's no, like nothing came free. Like if I needed, if I wanted to go and buy something, I save up my money or I go and I mow some lawns or something to get that money that I need to go and buy something. And I could be and also little things like. Me, me being able to go to like, I like she would let me like casually like with my friends go and walk farther, farther from the house. Like obviously she has like, hey, don't go past here when I'm out playing, and I would just that was a normal thing. But then as I got older, I'd be like, hey, can I go down the street to go to go get some pizza? And she'd be like, yeah, sure. Here, take my cell phone. You call me when you get there. And that that like, just little things where it's letting me be independent and go out and do things for myself. And I was like, hey, I want, I really want ice cream. She's like, you want ice cream? There's ice cream at the corner store. Do you have money? She, like, I'll be like, yeah, I have, I have my ten dollars or whatever, and she'll be like, okay, go get, go get some ice cream from the corner store. Call me when you, here's my phone. Call me when you get there. I go with my friend. We go to the store. Call when I get there. Just little things like that that help me get, and progressively, she obviously give me more lenience as, as I get older. That helped me build my independence, being able to go and do things for myself. She would never, when I was in a store and I wanted to find something. She wouldn't go and ask an employee for me. She'd be like, "Go find an employee, ask him where where the toy section is, and he'll bring you to, or or she'll bring you to there." Or if I'm at a restaurant, order the food for yourself. I'm not going to order for you. You go in the menu, you find what you want, tell me what it is, and you order it. Go for it, no problem. And just little things like that gave me independence. It gave me like I didn't have to depend on my mom for for everything. And the, as I get older, it just extrapolated. It, it just it's me. I I would just get to the point where I am now, where I'm doing a lot more than I could be relying on other people. There, I'm doing a lot, a lot yeah, more on I my think, own. Independence. I think independence is a great way to put it, but I think to, to now the point with you that it's developed into is not that you can handle yourself on your own and like do all these things on your own. Now you're growing. You've grown up with the image in your head that if I want something, I have to go get it myself. And yeah. I think that's exactly what you're doing with music. And with your business, so like right ambition. Now. Yeah, I think it translates into ambition right now yeah, because I, you I understand guess. now. Like your your mom would just gradually point you in the direction of getting more and more independent, and naturally you learn like, oh, if I want anything in life, I actually have to go. I have get to go it. and achieve it myself. My mommy's yeah. not going to do it for me. My manager's not going to do everything for me. Like I I'm, I have to learn how to do things myself. And that's yeah, that's that's one thing my mom gave it. Gave, I I refer to it as independence, but yeah, I guess ambition is. Is, uh, is I think it's else. independence that translated independent time. ambition. Yes, there actually, I think that's a perfect independent term for ambition. It. That's the term we just made that term today. Um, but yeah, so so there's that, and then I guess the second one that uh, that I would say the second greatest. Um, well, not second greatest. There's no order. It's just a, like another one that uh, that she gave me. Um, uh, eloquency. 
and being able to actually like through having to be more independent and talking to people and having to talk. My mom would tell me to talk about like being, being a single mom. There was no dad figure that was like, Oh, toughen up. Don't worry about those feelings. Like you, you'll be fine. It was, it was a, it was a, a very much a talk about your feelings kind of household. And that really gave me the ability to communicate things that I was feeling and things about myself that I feel like if I was raised differently, I wouldn't be able to do. And I, it might not show all the time on this podcast, but I, I, I've since I was young, I've always been told I'm a very well-spoken person. I'm a person who can who can basically phrase themselves however they need to phrase themselves and, and get my message across to any anybody, no matter no matter who that is, no matter what they understand or not. I can always find another way to explain what I'm saying. And basically, with my mom being a teacher, she had to do that all the time. So. With me, she just basically, the way that she taught me how to talk, the way that she, she taught me how to do everything in life is, is or I, well, yeah, well, I guess we're centralizing around talking here, but is just have a certain way about you that is, when you're speaking, it's fluid, it demands respect, if it needs to demand respect, and it, it, everyone in the room has a chance to understand. Yeah, so you, she basically provided you the opportunity to learn how to speak so that your intentions behind your message would always be delivered. Exactly. Exactly my point. See? There you go. You understood exactly what I mean, and you even, you even broke it down even further. There we go. See? That's, that's the power of eloquency. Eloquency. But anyway, it, it definitely helped me when, whenever speaking to crowds. I, my mom, not, not letting me be shy and always having to talk to that random friend she hasn't seen to in 10 years or hasn't seen to, hasn't seen in 10 years. And like, she'd be like, yeah, tell, tell her about yourself. Like she's going to talk to you and like talk to everyone. And learning to talk to people has not only helped my understanding of the world. It's not only helped me go and do things on, on my own, getting information from other people, taking it and doing my own thing. It's, it's, it's helped me when I'm talking to crowds a lot give me a lot of confidence to, to talk and say whatever. And I know that no matter who's in the crowd, what I'm saying will be understood. And I think I'll add another thing to this, because as you and I both know, one of my skills is, is being able to read people and kind of read. Yeah. I want to ask you your, your thing. So what I, what, one thing I'm going to add to what you were just saying is that through learning eloquency, you and learning how to make everything that you're talking about be interesting or your mom puts you in situations no if she's asking you a question make sure you tell her the full expressions of what you're trying to say yeah. i think that has led to you today not liking small talk yeah that definitely has because i can't stand small talk exactly i hate it you've told me that so many times and now it makes sense because from the time that you were a kid, your mom comes into your life and she's always telling comes you. Comes into my life. I think I came into her <laughs> yeah, life. but Yes. But from the time you were a kid, your mom has encouraged you to, to be expressive, to be interesting, to be unique, and to be different. And that's why today you don't like small talk. That's why today as a musician, you want to be unique. You want to have a different sound. And that's why today you also describe yourself as as a we, a weird guy or an interesting guy that's and i think a lot of that just comes from you were always encouraged from the time that you were very very young to be interesting and to not enjoy normality yeah that's that's definitely my my that's another mom, lesson yeah, that is i guess that's another yeah. that's another another jewel dropped down by my mama 
that she gave me that I didn't even know was there. It was this, it's just there, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I like my mom gave me so much, and we didn't have a lot growing up. Like money wasn't a thing that we had a lot of, but my mom had so many other things that she gave me that I'm way more thankful for, and way more thankful than I think I would have ever been if she didn't give me those things. Like just the little traits about myself, little things that I that that she taught me that if if we had a bunch of money. And, and if I had to trade, do it all again, and I, I don't get the same experience of childhood, but I have money and, and could do it all over again, always having the nicest things that the other kids had and then always having the money to go play those sports or, or go do those things. Like, yeah, that'd be cool and all, but I'm so much more thankful that I didn't grow up with a ton of money and I ended up getting a, being a better person because of it. I think what you're also saying is she taught you gratitude. Yeah, Definitely. Definitely, like, because when I, I had to work for something and I got it, I was more like, wow, I got this. Or if I knew my mom had to go out and work for something to get it for me, I was so much more like, oh my God, thank you, because I know You're that appreciative I, of it. I would have to go and do all of this work to get that, so you must have had to go out and do, some, do that do work to get that for me. And it contextualizes hard work and the dividends that are paid out from it. 100%. Like, 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 I just like now it's gotten, it's gotten to a point where it's like, I would much rather me go and spend money on my mom than my mom spend money on me. Like, so you, so now you're paying it back. Exactly. It's, it's, it's to a point where it's like, I've done, I, I, I've done work to a point where I can, I can save you from having to do extra work to pay for something. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I, I can now do it myself and I'm just more, I'm thankful for what she's given me, so I want to give her as much as I can. Yeah, I feel like you're just so grateful and eternally thankful for all the efforts that she put in to turn you. Oh, like I could into never express in words. And I could never express in words. Exactly, and now you're just like any chance I have to give back to the woman that raised me to be who I am today, who is someone I'm really proud of. I'm gonna take that opportunity. And one thing I'll uh, like give your mom full credit for is that. It is not easy for any parent, let alone a single mother, to raise a confident child. No, it's not that easy. Is one no. of the, that has to be one of the hardest things, especially in today's climate, because confidence is not common. Confidence within children, confidence where there is a lack of insecurity, confidence where you're just proud to be you and unapologetically you is not easy to instill in somebody. And I think not at all. most of that comes from, from strong parenting. It all comes from strong. I really feel like there's a lot of parents who take parenting a lot more casually than they should, and that's that's just if you if you want to hate on me, hate on me, but tell me I'm wrong. There's a lot of parents that take parenting a lot more casually than they should, and don't really instill a lot of things in their children that they should because it makes their job as a parent easier. There's mm -hmm. a, there's a lot of times where it's it's hands a off parenting. There's a lot of yeah exactly. There's a lot of times where kids will be real noisy and annoying, but then the parents just go and buy them that gaming system and just here get out of my face, so get out of my hair, and which in turn creates entitlement. Which it's just oh so it's instead of them spiral. working exactly because instead of them working for it, it's just given because the parents had the money or were like okay we'll make an investment in this just because our kids that annoying. Well, if your kids that annoying. Figure out why your kid's that annoying. Maybe he just wants your attention. Maybe he wants to, to play with you. Maybe he needs a stronger parental parental bond that you can give him or her. Sorry. Um, I, I don't want to offend people. <laughs> I, yeah. But, um, but yeah. Multi-representative. Exactly. See, you know, I feel like just little things like that, that is something that I can do that doesn't, it isn't a big hassle for me to do at all, but can help more people feel included. 
Yes. And I, I'm not a member of the LGBTQ LMNOP community. I know there's, but if I can help anybody be a little bit more, feel a little bit more included just by saying a one word. And I'll, sure. I'll just to clarify, you're not a member of that community because you are not gay or queer or any of those things. Yeah, no, I don't you identify as that. You no, I am supportive. That's no, what I'm really saying. Know. That's what I'm saying. I just want anybody listening to who's like, oh my God, you don't support these people. That's not what he said. He said that he's it's, not an act. He's not. Like Jamie, Jamie can't say he's a member of the black community, but is he supportive of the black community? Of course. Yes. That's a perfect example. Yeah. Um, but I think that wraps up our time on this podcast, you know, going from anime to parenting to we marvel in DC, all over the place bro we were all over the music place. goals and all these goals and dreams and ambitions that we have yep so all over the place on this one i think it, it was a lot of fun to record this if you like this if you found us on apple Podcasts, be sure to leave a couple stars if you can just to support this it really does mean support a lot the follow us on spotify if that's where you are spotify. wherever you happen to listen to this we hope you hear we you come back again hopefully and uh, you know what? I think uh, we've turned our nothing, nothing into something. And now it's something. There so, we go. Sorry. I... Thank you again for listening. Until next time, peace and goodbye. Adios, niggas. Out.